So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. My name's Hunter, and I am most stoked to be back with another fantastic Halloween Horror Nights podcast episode for you all. We have been contacted by a very special client to to do something that has never been done in Halloween Horror Nights history. And uh, if you're wondering what I'm talking about, don't worry. We're about to get into it. But before I give you all those juicy details, let me go ahead and introduce my good friends and co-hosts. Let me go ahead and introduce the main star of the show. Shelby, what's going on? I'm stuck inside. I'm sad. (laughs) But I have my friends. Yes, you do. And your cats. And my cats. And And really? Our friends. Yeah. (laughs) So that's our friends. They've they've lasted another day after our last conversation? Uh, <laughs> Don't Debatable. tell me you have to check if they're still alive. They're they're alive. They're glaring okay. at me, but they're there. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> You've already heard him peeking in from the background. What's going on, Matt? No, not much. Stuck inside as well, but uh, you also have haven't cat. been busy. <laughs> if you look yeah. at newsaz dot com, that'll speak. Uh, that'll speak for itself. I'm pretty sure we have surpassed last year's total like three or four times at this point, right? Total releases? Yeah. Ah, uh, maybe. I don't know. I, we just did a count because um, one of the guys on the network, Dave, on a few other shows and kind of my creative partner was, I think, asking me what the total was. And by, what, two days ago, as of this recording, we did 150 episodes just during the, since the Florida mandatory stay-at-home orders. God damn. Yeah. Catacombs is a part of that. What's going on, Quint? Yeah, big part. Oh, you know, I'm kind of stuck at home, too, and I fucking love it. So, (laughs) as far as I'm concerned, we can fucking shelter in place for a long time, and I'm good, because now the breweries deliver. Hey, that works perfectly fine for me. You were basically like Bill Murray in Zombieland at this point. Like, you were just (laughs) riding it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, well, actually, a little different than Bill Murray and Zombie Line because Bill Murray was still going out to the golf course and shit. I'm not doing none of that shit. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm at my house. I'm fucking like, nobody else but my wife is allowed in. And I'm like, God, somebody just fucking made heaven happen. Wow. <laughs> and realized my lifestyle was sheltered in place with this inconvenience thing at, called work during the day. Right. Yeah. Right, I am still working full time, so I don't quite have as much time on my hands as I would like. But other than that, it's it's pretty damn good. Hey, we'll take it. So, guys, like I said at the top of the episode, we have been recruited for something that's pretty cool. You know, the world isn't a sad place right now. We're we're a bit dour. Unfortunately, there's a lot going on. There's no HHN announcement so far. This is actually today, as of recording. 
is when we got our first announcement for HHN 25, first official announcement for HHN 25, which was that, you know, Jack was returning, uh, which is pretty cool. This is the longest we've gone without an announcement in the last five years. So, you know, we're, we're experiencing <laughs> a little bit of a drought right now, but <laughs> yeah. how we're going to circumvent that is guess what? Everyone's favorite icon has come up to us. Not Jack, <laughs> not the usher, <laughs> not the storyteller, me but yeah shelby <laughs> has come up to no shelby's favorite icon fear favorite on the draw that. that's for sure for sure we love shower curtains <laughs> yeah so <laughs> oh, fear, that was so mean oh uh, well it's okay you know you do what you can't fear himself which i shouldn't make too much fun because he's glaring at me from the corner right now fear okay. has resurrected resurrected after Is he 10 social long, distancing? he's he's a good eight feet away he's doing okay <laughs> you know plus if you i get too close he just, <laughs> he just throws Trust up me, the man. shower curtain getting close to him covid is the least of your worries yeah seriously so fear has resurrected after 10 long years and with him He's brought along some friends, and by that I mean the horrors of the past are also here. So what we have been tasked to do is we are picking 10 houses from the last decade to come back. But this does come with a little bit of a catch, because, you know, he, he's, he's pretty savvy. You know, he, he's like, you know what, I can't, I can't do too much magic, but I can do a little bit. I can't, I can't put a soundstage house in the MIB tent. So what was in that location is what's got to go in that spot. So we can I'm only use a picture. Like, this deadly threatening fear going, I summon you to pick houses, but you know what? Hey, <laughs> there's only so much I can do. All right. All right, Hunter. <laughs> He's like genie, no falling in love, no coming back from the dead. It's not pretty. Um, My third wish is that you were easier to draw. <laughs> completely <laughs> no wishing for that either but once again the catch is that each spot on the hhn map can only be filled by a house previously located in that exact spot once again no throwing an american werewolf in london over in the parade building it doesn't work like that you've got to pay attention so with the power of fear everyone entering the event this year has completely forgotten about these houses except for us four right here. So we are in charge of building the best possible lineup of houses for every single attendee coming in. Fear, being the, the kind and generous HHN icon that he is, he's also resurrected some now defunct locations for us to pick from, like the Disaster and the Jaws Q. Uh, the way he looks at it, Fast and Furious Supercharged is a waste of space, and they'd be better off using it for only a month and a half out of the year. So uh, it's it's back on the map. So can he blow up Fallen. Well, can he blow up Jimmy Fallon while he's at it? I I I think he probably could, but Jimmy Fallon's my favorite scare zone. <laughs> you got a point there. Yeah. So a couple of things. The reason Jimmy we Fallon are doing is the, the only thing that can drain fear of any power just by his presence <laughs> and his monologues. Yeah. I had a dream last season about HHN where it was Yeti Terror of the Yukon, but all the Yetis were replaced with Jimmy Fallon. That's not a dream. <laughs> oh, God. He's just laughing Holy at his own God. jokes the whole time. <laughs> he, he just, just pops out. He's like, yeah. 
I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) So how we decided our choices for these 10 houses, you know, 10 locations, 10 houses. Uh, We did have to combine some of the locations because, you know, some were only used for one year or were kind of very sparingly used. Like American Horror Story is the only house that was featured in one of the sound stages. We'll get into that in a little bit. But how we picked our choices are uh, we we did this on a point-based system. So each one of us picked our top five favorite houses from these locations. And with that, with this point system, our first choice got five points. Our second choice got four points. Third choice got three, so on and so forth. So this is kind of an average between the four of us to kind of get a finger on where the pulse of just people that are super into HHN, how, how we arrange this house lineup. So the two that scored the highest are the ones that we are going to be debating back and forth on whether or not it shows up on our official lineup. Okay. So as some of you might be wondering why we're only doing the past 10 years, because once again, fears back, man, we got to respect him. You know, he's missed a lot over the last 10. Sure. He did show up at 25, but I I've heard that was an imposter. This is like Friday the 13th part five. It, you know, it's, it's like a Roy situation here. But, just I, I just heard he was, I thought he was just fucking hung over. He might be. Uh, I, I heard I heard he was shotgunning through through them curtain rods like for days. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're not but, gonna give that one up, are you? <laughs> no, no, no. It is going to be consistent for the rest of the evening. So there, there's also a couple of other reasons we're only doing the last ten years. So keep in mind, Shelby and I only saw physically around half of those years. Shelby started with 24. I started with 25. But the nice thing is over the last 10 years, we've gotten really good advances in technology where a lot of these houses are now accessible for us to view on YouTube or another social media platform at any time. So the nice thing is that we do have ready video of several of these houses available for us to revisit and kind of inspect. And we've done that before we sat down tonight. And as well, I also think that there's a conversation to be had about the event. While it's always been great, it's really grown and expanded and become even more elaborate in the last 10 years. And I think if you start including houses from 1999 versus what we've gotten in the last 10 years, then it's kind of a a moot point because we're not going to be talking about those houses anyways. So once again, this is HHN 20 up through 29 in celebration of the 30th. And uh, I'm I'm super excited to get into it. So, everybody understand what we're up to tonight? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. So, let's go ahead and dive right in to our first house, which is at a soundstage. Okay. So, these two houses, this category is for soundstages 19, 21, and 23. And those houses that we are going to be debating, which one is going in? Our first house is Nightingale's Blood Prey from HHN 21 or American Horror Story Volume 1 from HHN 26. Mm, and I damn. think, yeah, we're, we're coming in strong. I've kind of divided them up just so we don't have all the heavy hitters right away. But man, I think this is, uh, this is about as big as they come. We have one of the biggest properties ever featured at the event alongside one of the most beloved originals. And I actually think I want to hear what Matt has to say first. Oh, that's tough because like American horror story as a collective property has that whole 
the second run fatigue where the second wasn't near as good as the first. But if I think about just the first, the first are really freaking good. It really being was. A, being a big fan of the show was like, there's almost everything I wanted to see from all three seasons was, was there. But Nightingales is a strong freaking original. So that is where it gets tough. So do keep in uh, mind, we're, we're not only building this event for ourselves, but we've also yeah. got to kind of look and say, and, and personally, I don't think there's a wrong choice between these two. I'm going to go, I'm going to go last here. Um, just because, man, I need to take a breather, but, um, <laughs> but I, I don't think there's a wrong choice here. You have a fan favorite original versus a very immensely popular IP property, which at the time American Horror Story was the highest rated maze that had ever been featured at the event. This this one that was at twenty six, so it's I mean stiff competition. Yeah, no, you make a good point, but I can't help but be selfish and pick what I want. I don't care about everybody else. <laughs> so <laughs> I would have I I will, man. I think I'm gonna say. Let me see. I survey says yeah i'm gonna say nightingales i think but man you make a good point yeah i'm gonna stick with nightingales because it was such a really good one it's it's if it wasn't for the trench scene with a tank rolling over your head well of course it didn't move then it might be a little tougher but uh or it might be it might change my mind but i'm gonna stick with nightingales sure and and i do want to reiterate for those of you wondering like oh man you know you're gonna pick ips over originals like we're, we're not only building it for ourselves. It's okay to be a little selfish, but also keep in mind that we are the only people entering the event that remembers these houses, the yeah. people going in, this is all brand new stuff. So that makes it a little bit tougher in my opinion. If Shelby. I, I oh, look ahead, at the man. list again real quick, the entire list. And if I wasn't confident that there's going to be a fair representation of IPs, then that also might sway my decision. But I, I don't think we're in real danger of IPs and being completely knocked out of the event. No, not at all. I will say so because you guys do not know the final lineup. I am the only one that has the full list. There are seven IPs represented <laughs> and there is 13 original oh, houses. There so there, there's a fair mixture there. Um, so Nightingales for you, Matt. Yes. Shelby, you did not get to see the original Nightingales and neither did I, but this is one of those HHN properties that we did get to see at 25 because it was in Jack's or excuse me. It was in Jack presents monsters of mayhem as well. It's just kind of a major part of the HHN lore at this point for crying out loud. We had the sequel or excuse me, the prequel house last year with blood pit. So I'm interested to see what you pick here. I chose, or I am choosing um, American horror story volume one. Just because I feel like disingenuous if I vote for Nightingales because I didn't get to fully experience it on my own. I, I, I wish I could have, and I've seen plenty of videos and I've seen plenty of it re like represented in like what you said, Jack presents and stuff. But again, like I went through American Horror Story, I got to go through it with the lights on. Um, I had Patrick Braillard walk us through it because I was part of the social media event that we that year, so it. I, it's an immense house and there's so many amazing details in there that I think overshadow nightingales for me because sure. I, again, I didn't get to experience it on my own. So I'm, I'm voting for American horror story. 
I totally understand. Quint, where are you towing the line here? You know, your first year of HHN, Nine Gales was a big one. Yeah. Um, so I think Shelby hit on a lot of the things about American Horror Story that made it really good, which was, was it was immense. I, I mean, it was the longest maze at the time that had ever been done. Um, the detail, the attention to detailing in not only the, the costumes and the sets, but also the casting was just fucking incredible. And uh, there was a lot of, of really, really good things. I just never really found it scary at all. With Nightingales, the the concept of it was just absolutely incredible. Um, they went with World War One, which I think was just a masterful choice. Uh, and the sets, the feel, like you you went out of that feeling like you had crawled through mud and you were dirty and and people were trying to eat you. It was just phenomenal that way, and so. Yeah, I have to go with Nightingales. It was it was one of my f- one of the first things that I'd ever seen HHN originally do, and it was it blew me away. Yeah, wasn't that your? It was either your last house or towards the last, wasn't it? I think it was the last house we did. Yeah, yeah, because I know I, you guys. I mean, yeah, the you started out towards the back, right? Yeah, the description didn't sound like much either. I was like, oh, you know, because we weren't into it. Uh, I wasn't into it like like we are now. So it was just kind of like, oh, it's nurses and World War I. I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I had no fucking idea what was going on going into that house. And I just, yeah, it was amazing. Sure. So I am actually, we're, we're going to go ahead and pass over the wind to Nightingale's Blood Prey. And the reason for me saying that is, I think Shelby makes a valuable point about not being able to see the house to really, you know, kind of give a, a completely nonpartisan opinion. But there's something to be said about a house that had me so excited for its sequel, despite never stepping foot in the original house. And part of that is from once again, seeing a small representation of it in Jack presents, as well as just kind of knowing the lore and the history behind the nightingales. I was immensely excited to see a snippet of this once again, at that house in HHN 25. And um, I, I just think there's a reason that it's really resonated with people for so long. And you pretty much cannot check a HHN forum or Twitter thread without somebody bringing it up as one of their favorites. And I really think there's there's a whole legacy there that this house brings behind it. And uh, for those reasons, as much as I really, really liked American Horror Story, I'm going to be honest, I, I think volume one was much better than volume two, just as far oh, yeah. as I thought it was quite Definitely. scarier than volume two. Um but that's just me. Um, yeah. Debatable. I, I know that's kind of a personal thing. But regardless, I, I am going to have to go with Nightingale. So for our first soundstage house, that is going to put Nightingale's Blood Prey on the map. Cool. I'm liking where right. this is going. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry, guys. We have a pretty easy one coming up next because we are going to the Men in Black tent, which, you know, is a, a pretty new location. It's only featured a handful of mazes starting at HHN 26. So for me, this one is not very hard. This is House of a Thousand Corpses from 29 versus Lunatics Playground 3D. You won't stand a chance. I was going to say, um, is there even a second place? But I forgot about that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you can make an argument for Blumhouse Volume 1. I know a lot of people actually really like that one, uh, but I never had a good run through that one. 
I like two better. I'm not going to make this a Blumhouse debate, but I like two better because I, I think just taking one property away actually made it a little better for me. Yeah, don't you love that little purge room, which was like one and a half rooms? <laughs> I like two better just because I followed Raul through it. There's that. Nothing will ever beat that experience, <laughs> but that could have been any house. Nope. Yeah. You you did get Old Smokey and Blumhouse Volume 1, though. So that's that's, that's something. Um, that, that bumped it up for me, but... Yeah, it's it's House of a Thousand Corpses. I've said several times, yeah. Lunatics Playground is one of my least favorite houses that I've ever gone through at the event. It just, man, what a mess. And it's such a shame that Chance, as cool of an icon as she is, kind of got stuck with one of the worst icon houses in memory, or possibly even the worst icon house. So yeah, Shelby's already agreeing with me. Uh, Matt, <laughs> Quint, we'll just make an open discussion because I think we're all on the same page here. So the only defense I had for a little bit for Lunatics Playground is if you got to see it in those first in that first week, you got a better experience than everyone else did because the 3D was a lot more visceral and gory that first week because um, that was the year I went out for um, for the the um, sorry the the uh, uh, media event media. sorry. Yeah, and um, and when I first walked through it, I was like, you know, I didn't like that house a lot, but the the 3D work in that was really fucking amazing. And then you know, I came back home and and I heard it being panned and all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. Why it should be panned? But then they started panning the 3D, and I'm like, well, I actually thought the 3D was really goddamn good in that. And then I went back for my real trip, and it was like, oh, that's why. So, um, yeah. It was it was not good, but yeah, House of a Thousand Corpses was. There were so many ways that that maze should have gone wrong, and it didn't. Yeah, uh, Matt and I, you know, we were fortunate enough to go to the media event last year, which is where House of a Thousand Corpses was, and him and I both got out and we just looked at each other and we said, "Man, that is the best house that has ever been in that location by a mile." I think that was our second house after Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Matt. Yeah, I think so. That was like a whole. I don't say it, it's a whole new level is might sound a little extreme, but I think it was, and I don't think it was necessarily, um, I think it was, I should take, take it back, take it back. I think it was a combination of things. I think they finally found out how to maximize that space. Not maybe, maybe it wasn't totally. the longest or what I don't, I, I don't know how to quantify what I'm trying to say, but they, they got the most out of that into that area and out of that area. I don't know what it is distance wise between the houses. If it's any shorter, it was or longer. definitely the longest. Yeah. Was it? Okay. So yeah. even with that, so it was not only the longest, but it was had the most memorable scenic things inside it because I can list off 10 things from that house. And I can apart from the movies from Blumhouse. That's about all I can remember is that movies that were featured. So it was, I think it was like a new level for that house. And I think they finally figured out that space. So I just, I just look for even more to come from that space. Whereas before it was just the, it was the uh, short weight getting inside some inside some AC or type house. But now, I mean, I, I think it's, it's right up there at the sprung tents now. Well, all the, all the buildings I should say, because sprung tanks also had the reputation until they dialed them in. So I think they got everything caught up now is what I'm trying to say. Totally. I, I think, think there, there's definitely a breaking in period. Usually go, go on ahead, Quint. I, I was just going to say, I, I don't think it hurt that when when the cast found out that, that that was the maze they were going into, they took it as a challenge, not as a, a oh, shit, I got to go in that maze. They, they took it as a real challenge. And um, 
I, I think that helped a ton where the casts were very gelled and the casts were, were giving it their all. And, and that always makes a maze better. Totally. And they did win House of the Year for House of a Thousand Corpses last year, which is pretty awesome. Totally deserved. I will say before we move forward, man, this house has some of the most memorable triggers I have ever heard in a haunted yeah. house. Mm-hmm. Uh, run, rabbit, run! <laughs> and uh, come on, Christmas candy. Oh, come on. So, so much good stuff. I don't think I ever got as good a Captain Spaulding interaction as you and I did our first walkthrough that night. Oh no! Are you talking about when he shot me in the forehead? Yeah, that and the whole and and with the just the actor <laughs> n- just laying into that line that better take your mama home some chicken before I put my boot up your ass. Like just that was just like <laughs> that was like my once in a lifetime for that that particular character, the timing and everything. Because I never got it quite as good the rest of the year. Sure, and all the scare actors were great, but you know the one that sticks out in my mind is actually that animatronic clown that was situated right outside. To see that actor <laughs> consistently nail people constantly throughout the event, where like they knew, but like he was so good, he or she was so good that they just consistently nailed people throughout the event. Oh right. man, it's great. Okay, well, here's our first really, really tough one, in my opinion. I will say this lineup has one of our, uh, we have two locations that got perfect scores for one house where all of us put it in the top spot. But this, the two juxtaposed between each other is the one that I don't know where this is going to go or like this is going to be shooting old yeller in the backyard type situation. (laughs) So what I mean by that is we did combine both of the parade buildings that and was you, son of a. When I saw yeah, that was you evil. put both of them together, I was like, that just made this exponentially that more difficult. I had to. You the new parade building wasn't bitch. around that long. It, it, yeah, it, only it was five. only with seeds of extinction and yeah, universal two, monsters. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I get it, but. Uh, <laughs> so the one that we all voted for together in our first place. To the surprise of no one, is <laughs> Universal Monsters from HHN 29. But its competition is The Forsaken from HHN 21. Oh, okay. So, Quint, how you feeling, buddy? Well, you know, I think um, I, I've been mulling this one over since, well, whenever I sent you my answers this afternoon, because this was the last one I did. It was the first one I saw and the last one I did because it was very difficult. And the, like, my number three on this one was Roanoke, because goddamn. Me too. And so, <laughs> right? Like, there's so many good freaking mazes that went into the parade buildings. And I'm as much as I love universal monsters and as much as I really think that is as close to a perfect maze as universal studios has ever done. I, if, if I'm going to pick something to introduce to an entirely new, uh, year worth of people that have never seen this before, I would go with the forsaken. I just think that the forsaken was, was the, the, Mood in the Forsaken, the entire run through it, the gloom, the doom, the wet, the, the greens, the, uh, I just, it was so creepy and so creaky. Like the, the soundtrack in it was so creaky and, and it, 
it was one of the first times you had that curved or, or sorry, that, that sloped, um, walkway, walkway and, yeah. and, you know, and that kind of stuff. And, and it was just, I, yeah, I mean, they did an amazing job with that. And it, I mean, again, it probably sticks out in my head, uh, really, really well. Cause it, it goes back to 2011 and it was my, one of my first year, it was my first year. So it, you know, but still, I, I mean, universal monsters was good and everybody should ever, that, that ever lived should have seen that. But if, if I'm introducing someone to HHN, I want them to see forsaken. I think you make some good points. Actually, Shelby, I'm wondering if you were having the same mental debate here where you did get to see the Forsaken, but only kind of a chopped up section and Jack presents. I I don't think that counts because I also said the same thing for Nightingales. Yes, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, are you going to kind of relegate two monsters for the same reason? Oh, well, Monsters was number one on the list anyway, no matter what what but i true true i don't know i mean again i feel like disingenuous if i'm voting for something i've never experienced i get you so you're you're totally leaning on universal monsters here oh yeah okay awesome well i'm gonna hop in here as well and just say universal monsters is my jam. I know this is a very recent one, but there is a huge reason why that was the top of my anticipation list from the moment that it was announced last year. And I think what universal monsters last year accomplished was taking these classic characters and modernizing them just enough while retaining their classicness, but, but making them resonate with a modern audience in such a big and major way. I never heard anybody say something negative about that house. I think it constantly fired on all fronts. And as much as I really like the Forsaken and I love the take that it pulls from the fog, I'm going to have to go with monsters here. And I have a feeling, I don't want to speak for him, but I have a feeling Matt's going to say a lot of the same things here. Yeah. I mean, I love Forsaken too. In fact, there's one of the projects that Quint and I just, I'm not even going to say we didn't even get around to. We just, we tossed around if we were ever going to write a radio or an audio drama based on an, an original property, we kind of narrowed it down to Forsaken because the story is so good. For one of their original yeah. stories, it's fantastic. But I've said it every recording since Halloween Horror Nights 29 shut its gates is that Monsters is a 99.999999 perfect house. And if you're going to set up an event for someone that has not experienced this and doesn't remember anything about the past. There's it's twofold. One, this house is just so damn perfect to me. On the other hand, how can you not give the IP that is synonymous with universal studios and horror and to a degree Halloween as well and do universal monsters. I think on every aspect from my point of view, this is a must have house for this event. Mm Mm-hmm. Totally. I can't hate that. <laughs> I yeah. really can't hate that. I mean, I, I, I really like Forsaken and I, I mean, there's, there's there, the top five that I put for this parade buildings thing. I like all of them should be in the event, but yeah, I mean, I can't hate universal monsters being there because it is for everything you guys said. It's, it's fucking iconic. Totally. And I will say, Quint, just in case you're feeling pretty bummed about this, it was your first place pick here. So, like, you're oh, not losing was. anything. It here. was. 
No, no. God, no. It, like I said, er, you said everybody's first place pick was this. I took Forsaken when, when it came down to the two just to provide, you know, a little, I don't know. I, I got nostalgic when I saw it there in the number two <laughs> spot. I can see that. That's okay. I uh, I was kind of rooting for it. I was wondering if it was going to do an underdog, and I was like, maybe. And then I like, I thought about Dracula, oh, and I was like, oh man, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I've got to I've got to put it on my list. I had no illusion that even when I when I when I did the switch here in my head when we started talking about it, I had no illusion it was going to win. <laughs> well, we are going to move into oh, go on ahead, Shelby. Oh, I was going to say if I wanted to experience another house again, though, I, I think it would have to be graveyard games. But if I were to bring a house back for an event, it would have to be Universal Monsters. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So the next one is very interesting because these locations are no longer around. And once again, fear the generous icon that he is has resurrected these for us. He's, he's completely demolished fast and furious and Diagon alley. Um, And he's going to put it back, you know, once again, very generous, but the jaws (laughs) and disaster queue houses that we voted for was saws and steam into the machine from HHN 21, as well as run blood sweat and fears from 25 and uh, i can already hear matt groaning so i'm gonna go ahead and call him up here <laughs> these are the two i was hoping would not be one and two because this is the hardest one i think of all of them for me and i'll go out and say it i mean I, I i will tell everyone i put run as my number one i don't know that i meant that because i was like i have to submit something and saws and steam was my number two and i didn't know which of those two were going to be what so, oh, <laughs> trying to consider what we've done already, and I think between um, the lineup that we have, do you going, want the do you want the recap or do you have it? Yes, yes, that'd be great. Yes, okay. So our current lineup, we've done three so far. We have Nightingale's Blood Prey, House of a Thousand Corpses, and Universal Monsters. So two IPs and one original right now. But of course, both these are originals. Okay. Well, looking at the rest of the list as well and what we already have, as much fun as Run was, and Run was fucking fun. That's what I, why I love it so much. We don't have anything like Saws and Steam, and I don't think we have an opportunity to, to add anything like Saws and Steam with maybe one exception, but that's still a different different take on it too. So I'm going to actually switch my <gasps> vote from what it's in front of me to saws and steam, because that was such a meticulously designed house to make it look like a, a, a working human factory, not, and not just the kind of the slaughterhouse butcher house type theme that a lot of haunted houses are done really well as, but this was made to draw the bodily fluids, be that blood and everything else to run this steampunk city. And it was a very, Wet house, as weird as that sounds. It was, I mean, everywhere you went, you got spritzed and sprayed by stuff. And we don't have, I don't think, an opportunity to add anything else like this. So I'm going to go with Saws and Steam on this. This is, uh, this is already off to a very interesting, you know, divergent path than I was expecting. <laughs> Shelby, I feel like you're in a similar predicament here. But uh, tell, tell me what you're thinking. This is a weird one for me because I really, really wanted to experience Saws and Steam. And I've watched the walkthrough tons of times, and it's just one of those houses I would absolutely kill to experience. 
but run was so good <laughs> and i got to experience run and i didn't get to experience Steam. and i don't want to be a hypocrite and take back what i've been saying this whole episode <laughs> um it's tough but i i'd have to go with run as much as i i want to see Steam. We're going to have a very interesting predicament coming up, depending <laughs> on what happens. Um, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna put all the pressure on Quint in just a moment, <laughs> because I am going to actually back you up here, Shelby, and say run as well. So I do have the full list ahead of me, but I will say that is not influencing my decision here. I think there's so many fun elements throughout run where sometimes you just have to have a house where you want to have a good laugh and while there are other comedy houses on the list, I think maybe Run was the most successful at it in the last five years, just for kind of the sheer spectacle of it. Um, for those reasons, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Run, too. So two votes Run, one vote Saws and Steam. Quince, go ahead and have your aneurysm. <laughs> There's no aneurysm here. Um, Run was an amazing uh, fun time. Um, Chipper and Chopper are some of my favorite characters ever created for, for HHN, but fucking, they didn't stand up, fucking, didn't hold a candle to Saws and Steam. Saws and Steam was incredible. It was insane. Walking through corridors where they were squishing lungs and, and you know, meat material for blood and, and stuff like that. This was just. Saws and Steam is a must-see for for any HHN aficionado, and it, it's just hands down Saws and Steam. So now we are yeah. in a precarious, <laughs> precarious situation because I have to figure out how to do a tiebreaker now. Um, any ideas, team? Because I am at a loss. <laughs> uh, right. I I'm, always, I'm always right, so just go oh, Saws geez. and Steam. <laughs> uh, for that alone, I would have run again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Let's see. What can we do? Should, should we consult Fear? <laughs> should, should we ask Fear how he's feeling? Got a magic eight ball? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just you know, guys, I uh, I really enjoyed Run, but uh, I'm I'm gonna have to go with Salts and Steam. It was just it was, it was, it was really scary. Uh, yeah, I really I really liked that one. So yeah, yeah, Steamy and Sauce. That that's gonna be it. <laughs> okay, I that might be an outtake, but I don't think I can use that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you can't not use that. That was too good. It's got to at least be an outtake because holy crap, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll check in with, with fear whenever we need to. Um, can, can we, can, can Shelby and I make that the like intro voice for when we redo the intro? Oh my God. <laughs> for over 30 years. <laughs> You know, guys, uh, for over 30 years and uh been doing uh, a bad nicotine habit. <laughs> okay, seriously, I have no idea how to do a tiebreaker. Should we flip a coin, like a virtual coin? How about we keep the tiebreakers for later? And uh if we if we get another tie, we throw all four in the mix and have to come up with two. Oh, I like okay. that. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Boom. Let's just do the tiebreakers at the end. We'll figure something it. out. I can feel it coming. 
We'll have no time. I'm just saying, like, like it's it, it'd be a fun way to, so to start. You know. what it, so if we don't have another tie, what we'll do is I'll read off the full lineup, and then we'll decide which one needs to be added for balance sake. Does okay. that sound good? Sounds good. Okay. So we're going to leave that tie hanging in the air right now because it could go either way. But the next one is one that I was super interested in doing because we have two really big heavy hitters from subsequent years. And by that, I mean, we have body collectors recollections versus ghost town Mm, curse of lightning gulch. This is tough guys. I'm going to be honest. This one is the one that is causing the most struggle for me personally. The reason being is ghost town is my personal favorite house. But the body collectors are so important to HHN, right? Yep. And if they didn't get to do this house at HHN 25, because that's the narrative that we're playing with, mm-hmm. I think we're going to have to throw it to the body collectors here. For me, I, I think I'm going to have to make a sacrifice. Despite, <gasps> I, despite me loving my ghost town so, so much, I'm going to have to go with body collectors because I think they're so important to HHN as a whole. And for a big anniversary year, I think they deserve that spot. Shelby? See, I voted Ghost Town, but now you've made a good point. And <laughs> I don't like it when you make good points. <laughs> 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 I think I'm going to have to go with Body Collectors, too. Oh, boy. Oh, man. I, I think I swooted. Oh, man. <laughs> Woof. Okay. Well, Matt, what about you, bud? Well, this was a tough one for me too, and it was body between on my list: body collectors and Ghost Town. Ghost Town, th- there's no question, is a fantastic house. It's one of my favorites as well. The reason body collectors is pushed up slightly above that, and why it's getting my vote, is because the body collectors and it took place in Shaderbrook Asylum. Those are two of my favorite lores from Halloween Horror Night. So it has yeah. kind of like a two against one. I mean. Ghost Town has its lore, but this is a mashup. This is like the mashup of all mashups for HHN Fiends. So that's the reason why. Only because it featured a second piece of lore in it. If it was just a a body collector's house, it would have been even tougher to decide. Yeah, I think you bring up a totally valid point and one that I hadn't even considered. So yeah, great, great uh, point there. Quince, are are we going to... I mean, I hate to say this, but your vote doesn't matter. But are we are we going to tie it all together <laughs> That's here? Like as, as far, <laughs> are, are we? My vote never fucking matters, so it's all good. <laughs> are we? Are we all on the same page, though? Are we all ripping spines this evening? See, so I think we. I think we're all on the same page when I say fuck you, Hunter, for for doing this list because <laughs> god damn it, all five of my top five should be in an HHN together, and that would be a fucking hell of an HHN. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I can't believe I had to throw dead waters under the water. I can't believe I'm throwing Yeti under the water. Carnival Graveyard, for Christ's sakes, we're throwing that in the fucking water yeah. to rust even harder. Like uh, there was so much that go so many good things that went into soundstage 24 already that it's criminal that we have to narrow it down to just one, two, let alone just one. And even so ghost town was my number one, but I'm going to go with body collectors for everything that, that Matt said, where it's so important to HHN and it's those two things that are coming together to make something incredibly amazing. And yeah, we're unanimous for the first time, I think. Yeah. 
Wow. Well, I mean, other than uh, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> right. That doesn't really count. No. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a throw in. So we are halfway there. Let me go ahead and tell you guys what we have. We have Nightingale's Blood Prey. We have House of a Thousand Corpses, Universal Monsters. We're still undecided between Saws and Steam and Run. We'll, we'll mm. check back in a little bit. We're going to just make them deathmatch each other and see what happens. <laughs> and uh, Body Collector's Recollections. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about this list so far, y'all. Yeah, me too. You know, even if, if they only told us one of those two that are still in limbo, we're going to be, and they said that, that at least one of those two was going to be in the event. And this five was the first five announcements for an HHN. I, you know, I'd be over the moon, man. I would be like, I'll be in my bunk, you know? Yeah. And, you know, oh, I I was just going to say we're in a special position because like we are that crying Michael Scott meme where he's just like kind of (laughs) beaming because we know what's in store for the good folks at home. They have no idea. We we are gracious gods here at the Catacombs (laughs) of the Nights. That's going to get some comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're the gracious dogs. So I had to combine the next two because Soundstage 20 wasn't used that much after the first house on this list. So it's Soundstage 20 and 25. So we have Gothic from 22 versus Poltergeist from 28. And I am going to just go ahead and say, Shelby, why don't you start this one? Poltergeist. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I feel like even if you did have a chance to do gothic, Poltergeist would just like sweep I, the rug here. Yeah, I think so. I, I, gothic, from what I've seen, was awesome, but Poltergeist was phenomenal. Poltergeist, number one. So I'll just go ahead and jump in here. As cool as gothic uh, was seeing part of that, once again, in Jack Presents... Uh, Poltergeist. I, I think looking at our list here, not only do we need kind of like a classic horror franchise and Poltergeist totally fits that. I think Poltergeist, as we've discussed previously, is one of those very special IPs where it's not only a movie that you love, but it feels like an original. And it is scary. There were, there were scary moments throughout Poltergeist. And there were also just really awesome segments of effects and like i'll never forget that facade and as cool as gothic is yeah i'm i'm going with poltergeist as well what say you quint you only move the tombstones you didn't move the bodies (laughs) uh fucking poltergeist uh, so anybody who's been listening to this show for any amount of time knows i am a fan of the originals and, and i almost always will vote original versus um ip but this IP, not only did it uh, did it do justice to the the movie, it it built on it, and um, this was this was one of the, I think this is the best IP they have ever done in in my time going, and uh, it, it was a phenomenal maze. I went many many times through this one and just loved every single minute of it, except that fucking clown. <laughs> 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 Matt, go ahead. Poltergeist for that fucking clown. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. One of my greatest moments in Halloween Hard Nights history. Yeah, Poltergeist. I mean, that it's I, I when I said I know we're going to get some IP representation, that was the my I drew first on that. That was one of the yeah. best and still is one of the best IPs translated into a haunted house at uh 
Horror Nights. So that's yeah, Poltergeist hands down for me. Can I can I ask you two a question? Because I think maybe it's something worth discussing. HHN 22 is pretty famously a year of, that's kind of known as it was okay. Do you think Gothic has a good representation because of the lineup of houses that it is normally put up against? Or do you feel like Gothic... I, I feel like, personally, Gothic was a great house, but it's it's put on a pedestal just because of the other houses that were sidelining it. You make a really good point about 22. Like You say just Halloween Heart Nights 22 or even 2012, and I really draw a very large blank i actually have to go back and look and see what happened so it i'm not saying you're wrong but i'm saying there there certainly could be some merit behind what you're saying and the whole that whole year is just a giant blank for me for some bizarre reason yeah i mean you had house of horrors which was the black and white dead exposure take on universal monsters Mm -hmm. you had dead ends which is also you know remembered pretty fondly but i feel like gothic is it's kind of I think HHN 27 is definitely remembered more fondly than HHN 22. If you're talking about years that are considerably or excuse Mm -hmm. me, considered maybe a little bit weaker, but Gothic is kind of like the scarecrow of that year by comparison. Yeah. Yeah, I I think so. Um, It it was only my second time to the event and um, I, you know, I, I'd started with a, with what I think, in my opinion, was an incredibly strong year with 21 and going the second time again, I, back then I still go once a night or, or one night a year. And it was still just this overwhelming, you know, deluge of, of sensory overload basically. So it wasn't, it wasn't a terrible thing by any means, but it's, um, it is the one that slips out of my memory the quickest when I start thinking about my years going. Gotcha. Okay. Well, this one, we are going to skip for now sprung okay. tent one and go to sprung tent two, because this is a very interesting juxtaposition we have okay. here. We have slaughter cinema from 28. I think we all expected that one. Yeah. Versus the Texas chainsaw massacre from 26. These are two drastically different houses as far as what they're trying to accomplish here. So actually, Matt, I think you are the guy I want to hear from first here. All right. Uh, This is going to sound like my, um, oh, I forget which area area it was that we did. It was going to be the Jaws of Disaster queue in reverse because I did say Texas Chainsaw Massacre was my pick and Slaughter Cinema was my second pick. But based on on what we've added so far and again looking at what we have left to add you are right about run and we don't know that we don't have it or not but if we if i were to choose between a fun house a house that was fun not a fun house between run and slaughter cinema to introduce to an entirely new group of people that have never seen these before i would have to go with slaughter cinema so i'm going to put that out there even though we haven't decided our our uh, Q line one yet. I am going to switch my vote to Slaughter Cinema and give that the fun spotlight for this event. I am also going to vote for Slaughter Cinema here. And for those reasons that I think you just said, Matt, I personally have a feeling that at the end of the day, we're going to have Saws and Steam. Okay. I don't see a need to have Saws and Steam 
alongside Texas Chainsaw Massacre, despite it being a recognizable property. But even beyond that, I think we already have that grungy, dirty house with House of a Thousand Corpses. What we don't have is a comedy house. And Slaughter Cinema is probably, I know a lot of people love H.R. Blood and Guts, um, which I will say that one is not on the list here. We've already passed its location anyways. But um, I I think Slaughter Cinema is the epitome of the comedy house alongside something like Leave it to Cleaver. So I am going to go with Cinema. Shelby. Um, I am also going with Cinema. That's that's all I got. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Cinema was uh, just one of those just amazing houses that was hit after hit with each room being something funny and something new and something scary. It was uh, something kind of unique to Horror Nights, especially since each room was a different movie. Uh, Yeah, cinema. Yeah. Good stuff. Quint? Okay, so um, this is, again, uh, it's hard and and it's easy because (laughs) the easy, the hard part is, goddamn, which one do I pick? The easy part is, well, no matter which one I pick, the the people are going to have a fun time going through it. Um, I'm going to go Texas Chainsaw just because it, it was one of the other IPs to me that was just, it hit everything on the head really, really perfectly. Uh, the scenes that, that came out of Texas Chainsaw and the, you know, the, the, that elevators or the, the elevator door thing they had going on and the, it, all of it, it was just, it was really, really well done. Um, the outside scares were really, really well done. Uh, uh, you know, the trailer scares. Uh, I just, yeah, it, it was so much fun. I respect you, but your vote was for not. So that's okay. Um, <laughs> so with that, Slaughter Cinema is moving on. For the Sprung Tent location, Sprung Tent 2. This is another interesting location, the next one coming up, because it's it's only been featured in the last five years, and okay. that is the oh. Shrek Theater. So we have Krampus from 26, which was the other, the only other choice besides Universal Monsters that all of us put in our number one spot. Oh, wow. Okay. As well, that is going against Asylum in Wonderland 3D from 25. So, Quint, why don't you go ahead and kick this one off, actually? Okay. Um, so, Asylum in Wonderland 3D, I think, was one of the strongest 3D mazes they've done in a long, long time. And uh, I know a lot of people groan and go, uh, 3D maze when, when it comes to those. But I've actually, I mean, when they're done well, I enjoy them. And when they're not done well, it's like, eh. I still appreciate a lot of the artistry that goes into them and a lot of the you know, that whole depth perception thing that, that just kind of gives you that extra um, off balance sort of thing as you're going through a maze. I, I don't hate them. I just, they're not usually in my, my top numbers for this one to make it even to this number two point. Cause I think I had it at number two on a top of five. It is no slouch. I mean, there, there were some, some pretty heavy hitters, well, a couple of heavy hitters in this one. But no matter what, Krampus was just cool. I mean, uh, the kitchen scene specifically just made me giggle and in creepy sort of way. And, and that giant Krampus puppet, um, 
Also, the moving tree scared the shit out of me, as Matt can attest <laughs> yeah. to. I guess not scared me, but startled the startled, shit yeah. out of me. I had pretty good ones from the snowman, um, so I totally understand. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Krampus. I don't know. Kramp- and Krampus was just festively fun. It wasn't Halloween-y. Like, you know, you and um, Hunter, you and I, we, we really like that Halloween sort of aspect but this totally really really dug into the christmas as a dark uh holiday aesthetic and and just it it ran with it so well that uh yeah i'm going krampus (laughs) so i'm gonna hop in here because i think there's an interesting argument for both um and and i want to hear i I don't want to sway anybody here i want to see what happens but I, I think Krampus is interesting because for certain people, they're probably listening or, or, or thinking and they're like, man, you know, Krampus, maybe it was relevant at the time, but it, it's not relevant now for, for an HHN lineup. And while I understand that, I will say Krampus is kind of in the few years that it has been out, it's kind of already transcended that that basic new horror release level and has become a very popular cult Christmas horror movie along with uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night and some other features like that. You know, it is Michael Doherty who's known for doing Trick or Treat and Godzilla King of the Monsters, (laughs) which we all loved. That movie kicks ass, by the way. Um, But I think there's an argument to be had for Krampus still being relevant in the year 2020 as far as just kind of a, a cult feature. Plus, people love Christmas at Halloween. It's the perfect kind of combination. And for those reasons, I am voting for Asylum in Wonderland. (laughs) And let me tell you why. Because I think the 3D houses at HHN do have a legacy that I think is maybe, for an anniversary year, kind of important to represent. I, I know a lot of them are hit or miss for people. But I think when you're talking about 3D houses, you're looking at this one, and you're looking at the in between. Mm -hmm. And when you're Doing an anniversary year, I think it's important to kind of cover all your bases of important houses that HHN has done previous. And Asylum in Wonderland 3D gets my vote for that reason. So what about you, Matt? Uh, I was actually thinking along the same lines before you had said that. Even though my original vote to you was for Krampus, I was thinking (gasps) in aspects of uh, giving some people that uh, or again in this scenario no one remembering anything about halloween horror nights or at least the past 10 years the full experience and you're right the uh there's only two choices for 3d houses that are any good in the past 10 years and it's asylum in wonderland and it's the in-between and there ain't no way in hell the in-between is going to beat out almost anything else on that list that in its location (laughs) that is an unfortunate location for the in-between it is if if the in-between was in shrek it would have been a very different conversation (laughs) yes yeah so Mm. now now i'm tasked with the choice of do i want a 3d house or do i want the house that i like better and although it pains me to not be selfish i am going to say that the 3d house would be a better choice for the overall event so i'm going to vote for asylum in wonderland Oh, boy. So now all the pressure is on Shelby. I hate both of you. (laughs) (laughs) But not me, right? Uh, No, because Krampus was my vote. But now, like, you both made good points. And you know how much I hate when you guys make good points. (laughs) Well, and that that should just disqualify them to begin with. (laughs) 
Because I never make good points. For me, <laughs> I'm, I'm an idiot. <laughs> for me, as someone who wears glasses, putting on those 3D glasses into a house is a nightmare. I hate it. And Matt, you probably wore glasses during the event. You had yeah, yeah. put the 3D glasses on over your glasses. And I yep. wear like extra like large glasses on my head. <laughs> so, true, to, yes. so to put those 3D glasses over my glasses is a pain in the ass. So for me, I've never been a fan of 3D houses, ever. Like, I understand that the art is really cool, and I understand it's a lot of fun. But for me, I never have a good time. But now you brought up the point where we don't have a 3D house at our event yet. It's a fun and wacky house that the event kind of needs. But then again, also Krampus is fun and wacky. So it's really tough, and I hate both of you. <laughs> be clear when she says both of you it's you two (laughs) yeah yeah so shelby i I don't want to influence you in any way but if we do but if you don't vote for asylum you're off the show (laughs) that's that's no i will say so just keep in mind we currently have a tentative kind of quirky house one is definitely on the list and then if asylum gets voted in that is our our second quirky house alongside slaughter cinema that's for sure locked in but then, but we also have we also have on one tiebreaker already. Yeah, I think Krampus is a superior house. I'm going for Krampus. I'm, I'm laying down my my first vote, and it's Krampus. Oh boy, another well, tiebreaker! Right choice. So I'm thinking what we should be doing now is we should be putting uh, t- t- uh, take the tiebreakers that we have to, to to do and pit um, one of the others against one of the others. Ooh, here you go. It's like a weird bracket thing. Yeah, let's let's do it. Do you want to do that now before we move forward? No, or? no, no. Let's see how many of these tiebreakers yeah, right? we have. <laughs> I mean, I was just going to cut you a break, but if that's how you want to do it. Now that's how we want to do it. Let's keep this interesting. <laughs> All right, so with that tiebreaker in mind, let's go ahead and move on to our next location, which is Soundstage 22. This, of course, is the big soundstage. This is usually the location of the marquee or major IP. And we have actually one original and one IP. What's interesting is that IP is one that has been seen at the event twice now. Okay, yes. But playing by our logic, no one has seen it yet. And that is an American werewolf in London, which was at 23 and 25, of course, mm-hmm. versus Winter's Night, The mm-hmm. Haunting of Hawthorne Cemetery. And which version of American Werewolf in London made the list? This the was all, I think we all picked HHN 25. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I lumped them together. A, a lot of people consider the 25th one, the the better version anyways, with the better puppets. But uh, yeah. Wait, you lumped them together? Cause there was two on the list. Never mind. Go ahead. No, no, no. I understand what you're saying, but everyone, meaning even if there was a 23, I would have probably just put them together, but everyone voted for HHN oh, 25 okay. anyway. I, okay. I get you. I um, get you. So, yes, An American Werewolf in London versus Winter's Night, The Haunting of Hawthorne Cemetery, which is a pretty beloved original, but come on. An American Werewolf in London, there's a reason they brought it back twice. Or, excuse me, brought it back once. 
didn't yeah. bring it back twice, but you know what I'm saying. It was at the event twice. Yes. They're it, one of the most iconic horror films ever made. And I know Quint said earlier that Poltergeist was the best adaptation of an IP that they have ever done. And I think an American werewolf in London is right alongside it. Mm-hmm. 100%. This is, uh, Maybe slightly selfishly, you know, it's my favorite horror movie. So maybe there is a little bit of personal bias, but man, there's just, there's no way you do a big 30th anniversary, especially with our rules that no one has seen it without including an American werewolf in London. Shelby. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. It, it's all bleh, English. Um, just like you, it's uh, one of my favorite horror movies ever. And being able to experience that house when I wasn't able to in 2013 just blew my tiny little brain. It was so good. And uh, following my own personal rules, I'm not really voting for things I haven't experienced. So for winter's night, I'm not voting for it. So it's, uh, it's going to go to my wolf boys, my, my werewolves. Matt, did winter's night ever stand a chance up against the wolf here? No, I mean, Winter's Night is great, and it was the snow. It was one of the, I think, for the, the 10 we're talking, the 10 years we're talking about, it's the first snow house. I mean, not the one, first one we're talking about, the first one chronologically, which is always a nice surprise. But American Werewolf, American Werewolf is one of the, I mean, I guess Poltergeist too. I think you get more out of Poltergeist if you know the movie, but American Werewolf can be a little more universally loved by people that know the movie well and just know that it is a movie. Because it's werewolves. I mean, it's it's a tale. You take the core story of it, and everyone knows what a werewolf is. You might not recognize the locations or the the living room, but you're sure going to understand that the guy in the middle of the living room is turning into a werewolf. So I think it's got a broader reach than even Poltergeist. So yeah, I think American Werewolf takes this one pretty easily. Good stuff, Quint. Well, here's a hot take: um, <laughs> American Werewolf in London, the movie sucked it was boring as fuck to me um wow. uh, actually actually I'm, a, I'm afraid you're wrong it's just <laughs> it's not even a hot take it's just wrong uh no i i mean i i never enjoyed the movie very much it, it always bored me it was very slow uh in my opinion and you know opinions are like assholes i am one um I'm going winter's night because God damn it. That night was hot. And when we finally got into winter's night, it was the most relieving thing ever, <laughs> but it was also a fucking amazing maze. It was just it was beautiful. It was haunting. Um, it had every graveyard thing that I ever wanted in it. And uh, it, it was, it was really, really good. And I think that people should see it. I actually heard that the scare actors, after you went through that house, they called it winter's night, the haunting of Quint's ball sweat. And uh, <laughs> it's nice to know they remember you. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> and once again, Quint votes for the losing choice at the last minute. So uh, an American world in London moves on. <laughs> well, what a shitty take you guys have. Uh, well, you know, it's easy when you're right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, like I was saying earlier, I saved the best slash hardest one for last. And I can already tell Matt's groaning in the background. I can't believe how many good houses were in this. And especially I, with the fact that me, me and Quint just, uh, we having done the past 24 year or, or year one to 24 in our history um, uh, episode, just how much 
how much bad there was in the sprung tents in general before the last 10 years. I can't, I, I, I cannot believe how many houses are in this sprung tent alone. Yeah, it is, it is about to get harder. <laughs> so first up to the surprise of no one, we have scarecrow, the reaping from HHN 27, but I lied to you guys. I'm what? ashamed of it, but I had to hold on to it this whole time because this is the only location that had a tie for the second vote. So we actually oh, have three houses uh, that we're voting for here. I know what they are. Scarecrow <laughs> the Reaping from HHN 27 versus Tomb of the Ancients from 26 versus Dead Exposure. Exposure. Which are my Zero. top three. So what the fuck am I supposed to do now? <laughs> so actually, I'm going to let Shelby tackle this first because she is going to probably explode trying to figure this out. I... It hurts. It actually doesn't hurt as much as it should because I put Dollhouse of the Dam before Dead Exposure. But Tomb of the Ancients versus Scarecrow. My heart always lies with Tomb of the Ancients, so it's my number one, but if I'm looking at it that at this way, where no one has experienced this event before, god damn. It's tough. I think if I'm going to show a house in that tent to someone who has never experienced Horror Nights before, who has never experienced anything in that tent before, it's Scarecrow, hands down. For those reasons, I think our lineup right now needs a balls-to-the-wall scary house. Yeah. And all three of these are great options. But when I think of the scariest house that I have personally done in HHN, that, you know, there there is an argument that for some people, dead exposure was scarier. But for me, I put that underneath more disorienting versus outright frightening. Scarecrow was outright frightening to me. It was the only house that I literally shook walking into it each time. Mm-hmm. Involuntarily. Um, I never got adapted to that. I am also Team Scarecrow here. Yeah. Quint? Um... Well, again, you're both wrong. Um, <laughs> I'm going dead exposure. I, I uh, when when we first did our hype episodes of when they were doing the announcements and we were doing our instant reactions, I called dead exposure as as the sleeper hit, and I called it as going to be one of the best mazes of that year. And it got eclipsed by so many other announcements because it was announced like second, I think. And, yeah, and right rightfully so. Yeah. And so, it, and rightfully so, it got eclipsed because there was so many hit after hit after hit after hit that year. And, uh, and then when I went to the event and, and Matt didn't tell me a goddamn thing, this was one of the few mazes Matt didn't tell me a goddamn thing about till I got there. And he's just like, ah, you know, you're going to have to make your decision on your own. Not saying good or bad. And the first time I walked through this maze with the monkeys and the, I, 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 it was just, it was scary. It was fun. It was disorienting. It was, it was everything I wanted from this maze and more. And so it needs to be number one for me. Can't say I fault you at all. I, I don't think there's a wrong choice here at all. <laughs> Matt, 
Um, why are you picking Tomb of the Ancients just to completely fuck things up? <laughs> <laughs> in, the in between, we're having double 3D houses, bitches. Hey, all right, all right. Would you all call right, it all right, all right. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Go on, Matt. Okay. So up until Universal Monsters, I had said Dead Exposure was my all-time favorite house and possibly one of the most perfect houses ever made, at least one of the original ones. And I still stand by that. It's one of the best original mazes ever. It's It's got my all-time... My experience gets based on... Like, or, or I should say my, my uh, votes for these get ex- based on the entire experience. And, and if I were to not only pull one house from an experience, if I had to pull one room from an entire event, mm-hmm. it would be from dead exposure, that goddamn train room. So simple, but the sound, the lights and this character are so that really tiny zombie at the end of the, yeah, the that's right. That was the best one. <laughs> one and look like they're wearing their father's, their six foot 10 father suit. <laughs> So dead exposure. I I seen that. <laughs> dead exposure is right up there in my votes. But having said that, the one thing we do not have on this list is a house that is built upon completely terrorizing you, and that is what Scarecrow did better than Dead Exposure. And you need that if we're going to build an event based after ten years of material and try to make it as perfect an experience as possible. We have to have Scarecrow the Reaping in. Oh man! Oh God, no! <laughs> Are you serious? What? I don't even know you anymore. Yeah. Well, that might be for the best for everybody. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so, with that, minus the tiebreakers, we are almost there. Let me read off the list before we finalize it: Nightingales, House of a Thousand Corpses, Universal Monsters, Body Collectors, Poltergeist, Slaughter Cinema. An American Werewolf in London and Scarecrow the Reaping. Dead exposure. <laughs> I don't think you can force it in, but uh, you can try. <laughs> Spit on it. I first. tried. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that was bad, dude. <laughs> so we do have two tiebreakers that we have to do, but we're posed with the same questions because once again, you can't shove. Houses in different locations. That's yeah, the one just, rule. I was just thinking that. Us. Yeah. So we are back at it. We're going to return to saws and steam into the machine versus run blood, sweat, and fears. So going off of that list, I'm going to hop in here and say we've got one comedy house with Slaughter Cinema. For me personally, I think one comedy house is enough. So I'm actually flopping my vote over to Saws and Steam. Quint, I know you're still on Saws and Steam. I can't not do Saws and Steam. It was the first maze I ever went through. It left such an impact, and I think it is the perfect way to expose anyone to this event. Uh, so with with all of our rules in mind, it, it, I just, it would be doing myself and the maze a disservice not to choose Saws and Steam. What say you, Matt? Well, now we thought about it more. I really think I want Run to win, so I'm going to switch to Run. Oh, I'm boy. totally kidding. I'm totally oh, okay. kidding. No, I just wanted to fuck with you. <laughs> I was ready. I was no, like, it's still, <laughs> it's still Sauce and Steve. <laughs> Shelby, do you, do you want to say some final words for Run 
Rest I can give peace. one more defense for Saws and Steam to, to make to be a little more serious. We that's one thing we don't have in this list. We've got some great IPs. We have a really fun house. We have a terrifying house and a few other things. We don't have a, a science fiction one, even though it's steampunk. It's more it's it's a fictional work based in science. We that's one thing we don't have. So with Saws and Steams, we will have that. Listen, yeah, and you know I, my, I do think. I'm sorry, you know on. what my number two was? It was giggles and gore. And Giggles and Gore was fucking awesome, and you guys could suck it. <laughs> Giggles and Gore was like three rooms, so it was still get fun. Over it. it had a button. Leave me alone, <laughs> Shelby. I I really wish uh, someday they will bring back Saws and Steam in some way, shape, or form, yeah. so that you can experience it. Because I know I think the imagery in Saws and Steam would have had you at your your tablet drawing for for days and days and days because it was just so evocative and so um so cool that it would it would literally have you at your tablet yeah shame steampunk is such a almost dead genre at this point and if it came back it wouldn't be steampunk i feel like yeah but i mean the whole premise of it was was not steampunk it was blood punk and, <laughs> and blood punk never dies <laughs> what if uh what if they brought back saws and steam but they just shoved it into Toothsome's chocolate emporium like that would, would you be guys be so that? better <laughs> <laughs> that would be so good penelope for the next icon oh yeah just, and you're just, just being terrified by the the creepy robot guy i'm sorry i'm letting I'm people down terrified by him. It's fine. yeah i'm just thinking of, of all the raspberry sundaes that i'm gonna eat <laughs> I'm just imagining Quint walking through eating one with the quote unquote blood <laughs> dropping down into yeah. his Sunday. Yeah. Mm. Well, we still yeah. we still have one more before we have our final lineup and we've got to return to it, and that is Krampus versus Asylum in Wonderland. And I'm just gonna say I'm I'm sticking with Asylum here. We already have a snowy cold house with body collectors and i think there is a spot for a 3d house on a 10 house lineup so i'm i'm right there shelby i know i'm so mad because i (laughs) (laughs) i i don't know i like i didn't like asylum in wonderland and it's so hard for me to like put it into the event (sighs) hate you No, I'm staying with Krampus. Put my foot down. <laughs> okay, put it down. I mean, it only had to travel like six inches to the floor, oh. so that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Matt, what say you? Oh, why did you give this to me? Because you know Quinn's going to stick with Krampus, I think. Yeah? You think? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I... <laughs> How many IPs do we have? I forget. So right now, locked in, we have four IPs. Okay. And that's four to six. See, that's the ratio it should be. <laughs> four to six. But then five to five, five and five is livable. I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I guess I'm going to, I have to stick with Asylum for my reasons too, because it's just, if we're ex- making this as a overall experience for everybody, it's the 3D should get its fair representation. Quint, we're we're depending on you here to uh, give us an answer to this question. So I have to be the dick here either way, right? 
Yes. <laughs> pretty much. So, pretty much. So it's I a can, role that you serve well, though, which is why yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. So I, I can either make two people happy or one people happy. Well, <laughs> if you only make one person happy, then we're about to just redo the exact same segment. Uh, and then we're going to have to find another way to answer this yeah, right? question. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've been thinking about this. And and I mean, I I really do think Krampus deserves a, a spot on the list. But I also think that more importantly, we do need a 3D representation in no. the, the thing. No, no hear my argument. 3D is dead. If 3D sucks. 3D should die. That's it. There we go. End of story. I'm out. I'm out. But- Thank you for your input. I really appreciate it, and I will, I will, I will cherish it for a long, long. You should. Ooh, it's gone. It's done. Um, <laughs> my cherishment is over. Um, no, I, I'm going to change my vote. I'll flip flop here and go with Asylum in Wonderland. I, um, I did have a fun time <laughs> through that maze. I really did, um, and I think that with all the arguments that you guys made about 3D having should have a representation, I agree. And this would be a good maze to do it. I'm sorry. I mean, in between would be better, <laughs> but this would be a good secondary maze. And in between had no chance. You know what? No, changing my vote yeah. to Halloween four. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, just curious. I'm going to tally up some stuff real quick. So I've got, you know, so I can sound smart with the facts at the end because <laughs> okay. fear. It's really important that you do that Hunter. Um, so, Real quick, you know, Killer Clowns from Outer Space was very popular last year. Why did it not make our top two here? Just curious what you guys thought. Fucking clowns. <laughs> Short and brief. I love it. I don't think it was that fantastic of a house. There were a lot of static figures and there weren't many scares. It was too open and too many spaces in between scares. It was, and it was an unreliable run for me. You didn't know what was going to work, especially both Clownzilla appearances. So it was, it's, it, it was extremely inconsistent. Yeah. Well, guess also, what? Also, fuck, fuck clowns. clowns. <laughs> fuck them. I still think 3D fuck houses them. are trash. Absolute garbage. Like, yeah, I, I, I look. I want to vote for Krampus too, personally. But I think we can't, we can't overlook the legacy of the 3D house. I know we're like putting it on a pedestal <laughs> in this weird way. Like we probably shouldn't. But I also look at it like I said. We already have kind of a snowy house yeah. with body collectors. So for that reason, that's ultimately what swayed me. Yeah. And I think I, I know I'm giving Asylum more of my vote because I wish it could have been in between because in between was a good house mm. apart from just being a 3d house, but it's like, there's it no wasn't. way there's no way in between could hang with, with its competition was. So it's like, it's almost like asylums getting the in between votes on top of this with me, which probably isn't fair, but yeah. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I, 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 I talk a lot of trash for someone who put asylum on wonderland as their number one, as their number two. <laughs> well, it, I don't know. I mean, I, I also think that Krampus had a lot of legs, not only because of the movie, but because the Krampus legend itself is is long, long standing, and it's a very dark Christmas legend. Um, and, and you know, keeping keeping that into Halloween is is something of a necessity. So you know, 
you can say what you want about an IP part of it, but the the whole fact that it is an IP and it's based after the movie, but it's also based after something in legend yeah. made it a hard choice. It really did. Yeah, it was taking like that Christmassy um kind of play on houses that Horror Nights has kind of done in the past with like HR mm-hmm. Blood and Guts and taking it a more serious route and well, serious quote unquote not mentioning the gingerbread room, but sure. It it was a really fun house in the snow tunnel at the end. And then you go to Krampus's lair, which isn't in the movie. And there's all these little Easter eggs to old Halloween Horror Nights houses. Yeah. It's just, it's superior to uh, Asylum and Wonderland. It's, it was so hard to just choose between those two. Yeah. So let me tell you guys. I honestly think we have the perfect HHN lineup here. And let me break it down for you, okay? You have your headliners. Your headliners are the big IPs that year, right? That is an American Werewolf in London, Poltergeist, and Universal Monsters. For the... Jesus Christ, that's that's fucking amazing, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, right? Wouldn't you love to do that right now? Um, For your... We need to bloody some shit up. HHN has gone soft. We got it. We got to make it hard again. Um, which is uh, the title. That, that's actually how I read for, you know, a, a pill <laughs> commercial last week. Um, we For the people that are like, oh, I thought HHN. you said a tagline for the event. Oh, HHN we got to go hard again. We got to make it hard again. <laughs> no, I well, wasn't it, that. The, wasn't that the pitch that you gave? Wasn't that the pitch you gave me and Matt when we were looking for a new host? (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it. I think I'm doing a damn Mm. good job so far because (laughs) let me tell you why. We got to have some good gore houses in the mix here. And for that, we have House of a Thousand Corpses, Nightingales, and Saws and Steam. Good selection there. That's crazy. That's a good lineup, right? We have the HHN Classic, which is Body Collector's. We have the de facto scary, terrifying house, which is Scarecrow. We have a 3D house, which is Asylum in Wonderland. And we have a comedy house, which is Slaughter Cinema. So four IPs, six originals. I dare say everyone's going to be pretty pleased with this. I would definitely go to that event. <laughs> Even if it was just like a complete redo of what we had already seen. Yep. Yeah. Yep. If it was like a just a, a straight up, it, well, I mean, you, you should probably throw, uh, you should probably throw dead exposure in there. But other than that, yeah. <laughs> Shelby, how are you feeling about it? Are you pretty happy with that? I mean, yeah, I'd go through Scarecrow and Poltergeist and Universal Monsters repeatedly every night. I'd go through Asylum Wonderland maybe once. Lose my glasses halfway through the walking through the house. <laughs> And then never go through again. But, you know, I'd go through it. <laughs> no, yeah. No, it, it's, it's the dream event, honestly, especially with the IPs listed. It's it's really something incredible. And Universal Monsters kind of toes that line, right? Where it's like, oh, it's kind of an original, kind of there. But a 4-6 split. Matt, are you pretty stoked on this? Are, are you happy with this lineup? Yeah. I mean, most of these, if not all these, I, I'd gone through multiple times as it was when they already existed 
around. So I'd be happy to go through them all over again. Not universal monsters can come back like every year for the rest of my life. As far as I'm concerned right now, I'm sure after two or three years of it, I'd be changing my tune. But right now, I mean, that's just that that could be a permanent structure and I would not mind. I think it's pretty good. So here let's, uh, let me just read some quick things. We had seven years represented and our total votes from the beginning. So out of from HHN 20 through 29, seven years, just all across the spectrum. We had four houses from 21, 22 had one house, 25 had four, 26 had six, which was the most of any uh, year. 27 had one, 28 had three and 29 had two. So total, we had seven IPs and 14 originals. I did tell you guys 13 earlier because I wanted that surprise at the end. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Yeah. So just to recap, the list that we are presenting to the most gracious icon, Fear, everyone's favorite. Isn't that right, Fear? Absolutely. <laughs> um, so <laughs> our lineup is up at the sound stages. We have Nightingale's Blood Prey. We have Body Collectors, Recollections, Poltergeist, and American Werewolf in London. Nice. Back in the MIB tents, we have House of a Thousand Corpses. For the parade building, we have Universal Monsters. For the Risen from the Dead location of the Disaster Queue, Saws and Steam into the Machine. Or with Woo! that in Jaws. Oh, you're asking? Oh, I don't. I have no clue. Well, here. It looked like in so, the video uh, it, it was, was Disaster, I think. Hold on. Which okay. one was the... No, it was Jaws. Are you sure? It was over no. in Jaws, yeah. Okay. They were both laid out pretty much the same anyways. It was in, it was in, it was in Jaws. It was yep. Jaws. So rising from the ashes. Don't listen to me. I'm just a moron. <laughs> <laughs> rising from the ashes. Oh, wait. That's true. <laughs> Shit. I, I need better salesmanship. <laughs> <laughs> rising from the ashes in the Jaws location is Saws and Steam into the machine. Asylum in Wonderland 3D over at Shrek, Slaughter Cinema in Sprung Tent 1, and Scarecrow the Reaping in Sprung Tent 2. God damn. I'm, <laughs> I know I've already said it. I love this lineup. I wish I could do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's all we got to do is throw in um, the bartender right by where Jack's stage was that poured Shelby and me the fucking oh straight up whiskey <laughs> in a cup and we're good. Like, like, so, uh, I, I, well, I was just going to say lightning round. So what we do is we'd put the farewell tour version of Bill and Ted. We do, uh, maximum carnage. Wait, yep. shit. That's or, uh, carnage returns. We do carnage returns to be resurrected. And then we'd bring back, uh, let's say Academy of villains from 26, and uh, we'll just find a new location for it. Just put it in animal actors. Yeah. You know, we'll break our own rules when it comes to the shows. So <laughs> why not? No, so we'll have a uh, death drums kind of just run by every now and again. Right now. <laughs> and all the scare zones are legions of horror because, you know, there's got to be a trade off here. Something but vamp- oh, God. vampires. Well, uh, <laughs> Fear, fear. What, how do you feel about this lineup? Are, are you pretty happy with it? Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Uh, you're missing dead exposure, patient zero, though. Uh, I'm very <laughs> disappointed. 
<laughs> All right, seriously. <laughs> See, fear in me, yeah, like 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 this, baby. Uh-huh. BFFs. Oh my god. Oh yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, that is going to bring us to the end of another episode of the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. We really hope that you enjoyed yourself. We certainly did. And hopefully you love this dream lineup of the last 10 years of HHN just as much as we do. And if you don't, well, we want to hear from you. Just write in to me and I want to hear, playing by those same rules, what you would do instead for your fear resurrects for HHN 30. You can hit me up over at Hunter at neozaz.com and if i like your answer we'll read it on the show but for now i do want to go ahead and say goodbye to everyone here so shelby if the good folks want to keep up with you where is the best place to do that um you can follow me on twitter facebook or instagram under wendiguts which is w-e-n-d-i-g-u-t-z wendiguts on facebook instagram or twitter uh speaking of twitter i'm gonna go ahead and drop this out there um Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights has its own Twitter account now. We are under Catacombs of HHN on Twitter. We haven't really tweeted anything yet. It's just up and running. So if you want to go ahead and give that a follow, you can. Um, But we will be tweeting updates to the podcast, anything we're talking about up on that Twitter account. So if you want to go ahead and follow Catacombs of HHN on Twitter. Yep, we won't be spamming your feeds or anything, but if you want to keep up with the show and kind of what we're doing and maybe participate in some polls and that sort of thing, uh, we're going to be doing all that over there as well. You can keep up with us over at our Facebook group that we share with the Grim Grinning Host guys. Hi, that includes me. I pull double (laughs) duty. Uh, You can find us over at Shady Brook Asylum on Facebook, which is uh, just kind of a hardcore HHN group. We are a little bit quieter right now just because... I'm going to be honest, we're all running on fumes at this point, just <laughs> hoping for something, anything. But uh, we are posting some some older material, some archive material. We're having some fun over there. Quint, the good folks don't want to keep up with you. So I'm not. I'm just going to skip over there, man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But thank you. T- you know what? Because you have nothing to promote. What's the best beer that you've had in the last week? Oh, slow boat to Bombay from East Cliff Brewing Company. Oh. It's an it's a English style IPA. Oh. It is it is amazing. It's hand pulled from from the, the their taps cast taps, and it's just oh, it's amazing. And I just actually finished one, and I'm working on their their two um their take two pilsner now, and. Uh, Man, I said that all just to make Matt super jealous. <laughs> I was—I don't want him to be crass, brewery. but Matt was like freaking orgasming in the background there. So I, apparently, I this is well really known. Love that brewery, yes. yeah. <laughs> Matt, they're—they're they're really good. <laughs> Matt, if the folks want to keep up with you, where can they do that, man? Everything news as news as on Twitter, news as on Instagram, news as podcast on Facebook. If there's if you like reading stuff that's seven years old. Uh, and can I do a real quick piece of feedback for catacombs that goes in hand in hand with all the work we've been doing at news as this month or this during this quarantine, this COVID everything. Of course. Okay. It's from iTunes. And I just was talking earlier in this episode, if it makes it the final cut, how we did, uh, like we're up to 150 releases just during this quarantine period. And one of our latest reviews on iTunes was titled my break in this crazy time. 
And they said, trying to keep myself healthy and making it to HHN season has been my personal motivator to get through this crazy time we're in. Your show has been the much needed escape and some of the most appreciated moments of all of this. It means a lot to me that you keep giving the community these, these distractions to help us remember what we have to look forward to when this is all over. And that was why I think everybody on the network, us four, us four guys on stars and character, uh, guys, uh, from all literally all over the world that are part of news as all have been behind the mics doing what we can to give everyone a bit of a distraction during this 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 unprecedented time and that was a wonderful piece of feedback that uh was great to hear so thank you for that so if you want to see yeah. what i'm talking about all that can be found at newsaz.com totally and, and for us I, for us it's been it's been great just to to be able to talk to our friends wherever they are and whoever they are while we're you know sitting in our houses you know staying away from them we can actually connect with them so i think that's on our side it's also been therapeutic yeah that's true that's not that's no you're absolutely right totally and uh th- those reviews do mean the world to us and if you just want to send in an email or I don't know. We, we do check those reviews. Like we seriously see all of them and it, yep. and it does mean a lot. And we're just really happy to give you a peace of mind uh, right now, because I can honestly say this show is a great peace of mind to me uh, just as much as it is for you all. Um, means a lot to all of us here. And we're just so happy we can provide some of that. Um, one, one other last thing I wanted to mention before I close it out is we actually received an email a little while ago from Cindy and Cindy actually asked, Hey, can you get, I'm paraphrasing here, but she said, Hey, can you guys kind of cover how we think HHN is going to be affected due to everything that's going on? And, um, I, I will say it, it's something that I've toyed with, but I, I personally don't want to talk about that on catacombs. The reason being is I think there's a lot of people kind of speculating about it when, when there's really not a ton to say. I will say um, last month on my home podcast, which is Grim Grinning Hosts, we did kind of talk about that with one of my other hosts. Um, just a little bit as far as here's what we think could happen. And I've seen a couple of episodes spring up since. I think a lot of people have already kind of covered it. But for now, we just kind of want catacombs to be... Um, not, not that this is necessarily a negative topic, uh, but we, we want to keep it positive and we want to stay just, you know, bringing a, a, a sense of hopefully joy with our dumbassery uh, here on Catacombs. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you want to hear my thoughts personally, once again, you can check it out on Grim Grinning Host. But I, I just want to kind of keep Catacombs in a positive place right now is all. And here's the thing. We, we do speculate. We've done speculation episodes before, and this is the type of speculation episode that I just really don't want to do. Um, they're hard enough as it is just trying to figure out what the fuck the parks are going to do. They always do something better than I would speculate anyway. So I'm going to err on that side of caution. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just going to say that, um, uh, of course, we appreciate the suggestion and everything like that but it's it's just hard we we have these conversations just between the four of us and between me and brad on grim grinning hosts and to be perfectly honest it's just a fucking downer dude like it is it is it brings everybody down and i don't think they're fun episodes to listen to so we'd rather give you stuff like this where we're celebrating the legacy of halloween horror nights and doing fun things than kind of sticking in the real world like that right now 
Yep. But if you want to keep up with me, the best place to do that is on Twitter. You can find me over at HanBrolo77. That is H-A-N-B-R-O-L-O-7-7. As well, you can also hear me talk all things theme park and uh, just generally spooky pop culture over on Grim Grinning Hosts. I actually just got together with a bunch of guys and we talked about five perfect horror movies from each of us. So 25 different horror movies that we consider perfect not the ones that we uh, that are our favorites, but the ones that we consider perfect. I think that's a pretty fun episode. So if you like horror, go check that out. But for now, for Matt, Quint, Shelby, and myself, thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. And uh, hey, stick around. It's going to get better. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a news as internet entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at newsaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at newsaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Newsaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash newsaz. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.